0: the Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. And that's it, it's over. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Slap Dodgers have won it all in 2020. Time gets down, the Lightning with the Stanley Cup. They have reached the top of the mountain. They are the Stanley Cup champs.
1: Welcome to episode number 28 of For Future Considerations. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Uh, uh, It's episode 28, but the first of two this week on For Future Considerations. I'm Manny Pava. Glad that you're aboard. As always, the guys are with me. My partners in crime, Matt Dumichel and John Rashad. Matt, how you doing? Boys, boys, boys. How are we?
0: <laughs> how, how
1: you to doing, see everybody?
2: Again, I'm, I'm good. I'm <laughs> wired, wired. I'm wired. We'll
1: get to why Matt's wired in a moment. John, how you
2: doing? Good, good. I uh, got my vaccine on the weekend. Hey, good. How for you, you feeling? How you feeling? Uh, pretty achy ever since. Actually, the uh, pharmacist did a great job. I didn't even feel it when he when he gave me the needle. But the next day, oh my god, I felt like um, felt like I'd wiped out skiing and had a hangover all combined. So.
0: <laughs> Remember that time you did that? <laughs>
2: yeah, it's like you're
1: 18 all over again. <laughs> <laughs> so Sorry, yeah, 19. You weren't underage drinking at the time. You were 19. <laughs> That's right, 19. And then.
2: On uh, Saturday night, after all that, the dog uh, met up with a porcupine on the trail. Oh no! Oh so, no! So we had to do an after-hours vet call for uh, six hundred dollars. Oh man! Jeez! You wish yeah. you were hungover. Oh, so you should have seen the next morning. He's all dopey, so he's just laying on the on the floor, and then we're all in pain from uh, the vaccine, yeah. so we're laying on the couches. It was a <laughs> it was a Don't sad just- looking.
0: Isn't that just a normal Sunday at the Rashad house?
1: That household just wiped out completely. It's like you were at Club Rashad all over again.
0: And Sean's still sitting there on the couch. Honey, what are you making for dinner?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: man, the porcupine. Wow. Yeah. How did How did that end up? Well, uh, the porcupine actually escaped and got up a tree. Uh, I, we saw him go up the tree and then the dog came back and he had a face full of quills. And then I said, well, we're going to be able to just sit on top of him with pliers and we're going to yank them out. We're not going to pay for a vet to do this. And so, uh, we got two out that way and then he was going to fight us. So we weren't able to get any more out.
0: That's
1: tough. How's he doing now? Like that's,
2: he's totally back to normal now. So, two wow. days? He's, two days, yeah. Two days he's on the shelf days, and ready to go. $600 later. Yeah, he's ready to go back for revenge now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you, you just look around, you see blueprints under the couch and the, the kitchen <laughs> mapped out of the... <laughs> <laughs> the whole forest uh, setting up
1: bombs everywhere it's like caddy shack bombs everywhere to get the porcupine the oh, ups man. truck
2: pulls up and there's all kinds of acme stuff for him to
1: <laughs> oh man well hopefully bruno's feeling better uh so were you laid up watching the Oscars then? Is is
0: that what you guys did on Sunday or what?
2: Uh, we debated, but then we went for a 90-day fiancé instead. So oh, uh, Did you watch the Oscars?
0: No. Honestly, I didn't know until... I think it would have been maybe Saturday night that the Oscars were that weekend because I and that was just from scrolling through like Twitter or whatever I was on. And everybody was doing like, what's your vote for best this? What's your vote for the best this? I'm like, what is all the Oscars Oscars. are this weekend? Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea who won anything. Probably haven't heard of most of the movies anyways. But John, you guys always made a point of it to watch the best picture movies every year. How long were you doing that?
2: Yeah, we did that for probably four or five years, and then we just never got around to it this year at all. So, yeah, we didn't watch any of them. And then apparently nobody watched the Oscars either. I don't know if you guys heard the big controversy at the end. They didn't do Best Picture last. They did Best Actor last. And And, everybody
1: thought it was going to be Chadwick Boseman who would win it because mm. they're doing that last, like the Best Actor. Right.
2: Yeah. And And he didn't win. That's right. (laughs) Anthony Hopkins. It was middle of the night where he was, so he was sleeping through the show. So he didn't. He wasn't there to accept his award online. And apparently, his publicist called him and said, "You just won. Like, call in. Like, dial into the show, and then they wouldn't let him on."
1: <laughs> An anticlimactic Oscars. That goes thing. well. How does, like, who's, I first? I didn't watch it either, but it was all over social media and coverage okay, the yeah, next yeah. day. Whose decision is it to not end on Best Picture? Just this year, let's not end on yeah. Best Picture. Yeah. Let's just go Best Actor.
0: That I didn't, I've never heard of.
1: And then you don't give it to Chadwick Boseman, who will never be able to yeah. win again because yeah. he's died died of cancer.
2: Like It's just terrible. Who's running the show over there with a shot? Yeah, really?
0: It's terrible. Not us.
2: Nice. We were, we know how to run a tight show. They should have yes. consulted us. We All had you done have to do is picture
0: first. Get this out of the way.
2: <laughs> All you have to do
1: is listen to for future considerations and you know how much of a production we put
0: together. Uh-huh. <laughs> Always on point, never distracted. <laughs> No long speeches, <laughs> never, never. Hey, speaking of speeches, Matt, you got your speech ready for the Kentucky Derby oh, this weekend? I, I'm I can muddle through it at uh, the time that I've got to deliver that. Yeah, this is my Christmas week. This is the countdown is on till. Uh, till Saturday and it's uh, it's already this week's already dragged a little bit but we're super excited about Friday's show the OT or at least I am yeah we're gonna have uh, one of the racing dudes on so racingdudes.com is the website Uh, Aaron Halterman is the gentleman's name that's gonna join us and we're gonna get his insight on the derby itself and then we're just gonna talk about what we're gonna drink all day so it should be a decent trade off
1: so listen to the OT coming out later this week we might have some Betting lines, some betting ideas for you if you're looking for some good picks for the Kentucky Derby?
0: I got a few lined up for you. Okay. Dark horses. Dark horses. I like dark horses. There you go. I'm willing to risk
1: it for the biscuit. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm so excited. (laughs) Uh, Well, we're hoping that you're following us on social media. If not,
0: you are missing out. Yeah, for future considerations on Facebook is what you're looking for, uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Man, Manny spends more time (laughs) getting through on, on Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram than anything else we follow. Did you see barstool? stool (laughs) who I tell you, (laughs) did you see Gronk catch a football out of 600 feet out of (laughs) a
2: helicopter?
0: It's craziness. Wouldn't Uh. that hurt?
2: That would hurt my hand i'm pretty it sure would.
0: i would i would think so he, he took it right in the chest too like he kind of caught it in like uh it was a fair catch but you didn't really have to do anything with it after he caught it but it did seem you know <laughs> for considering it's 600 feet in the air or whatever its it did really fall in his lap he didn't have to move no, at all. no. <laughs> it was a little bit uh <laughs> it was a little bit like okay that was so I don't know how you get a football to drop 600 feet straight down. And he didn't, you know, he, had he didn't to have to move in a little bit on yeah. it and landed. But uh, but no, that was hey Gronk's Gronk's Gronk, man. So follow us on
1: social media. We've got clips of the podcasts linked to podcast and podcast guests. Uh, former guest Brock Gotten did a great preview of the world under 18s, mm-hmm. which is just underway. We shared that link as well. Plus, you'll be able to find links to previous podcasts and guests as well.
2: And if you're looking for another way to interact with us, you can always send us an email for future considerations at gmail.com. We have a lot to cover on this podcast today. We have baseball and hockey talk and including the retirement of Andrew Shaw. But the NFL draft is coming up this week. So you guys are going to do a predictive mock draft.
0: Yes, guy. Looking forward to that. Are you ready, Matt? Yes, I've got. Yeah. I've been going through scenarios. I'm working it through. I get in a war room with my guys. I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> you got a team. I got a. <laughs> you've got a whole team. I got a, a built an analytics system on uh, Excel today. <laughs> There's nothing you can throw at me that I'm not going to be ready for.
1: S- speaking of the Oscars, since we talked Oscars, have you seen the movie Draft Day? Oh, it's with such, Kevin a such a great movie. Such a
0: great movie. We're
1: shot. Tell me you've seen this.
2: I have not seen that.
0: Oh, oh my God! You haven't to... seen
2: Sunny Week jr
0: you gotta throw it give it a spin rashad it's it's a great movie
2: vante Mack. yep okay so i got that movie and then i got what's that tv show you guys are watching there the soccer ted lasso ted lasso yeah um i was when i was getting my needle i heard two guys talking down the hall about that and what a great show that was too so
1: so there you go season two comes out in july but there is a little bit of football and of course european football yeah in that show as well but draft day Since we are doing the mock, a tip of the cap to Kevin Costner in that movie Draft Day. If you've liked football and haven't seen the movie, watch the movie.
0: Yeah, it's very funny. And and I really do. I mean, it's obviously it's theater and it's a movie. But I really like the way that they made the draft, you know, set it up for the day. Plus, Jennifer Garner's in it. So Uh,
1: say no more. Stop. Say no more. Pause it a couple times through the movie, you know. (laughs) (laughs)
2: And uh, since we're doing the mock NFL draft today, I thought we could relive this excellent moment in draft history. Who in the hell is Mel Kuyper in a way? I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. In my knowledge of him, he's never ever put on a jockstrap. He's never been a coach. He's never been a scout. He's never been an administrator. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our papers two days ago telling us who we have to take. We don't have to take anybody that Mel Kuyper says we have to take. Mel Kuyper has no more credentials to do what he's doing than my neighbor, and my neighbor's a postman, and he doesn't even have season tickets to the NFL. That's Bill Poley in the general manager of the Indianapolis Colts from the 1994 draft after Mel Kuyper, who was just making a name for himself back then as a draft analyst, criticized his two picks in the top 10. It seems always
1: that football comes out with great, Quotes. Yes. Right. Yeah, like yeah. Herm Edwards, you play yeah. to win the game.
0: They are who we thought they
1: were. Right. Playoffs. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Jim Mora talking about players, but Bill Polian. Yeah. Who is this Mel Kiper? <laughs> Oh man,
0: it's so good. such a good clip. I was I uh, meant to to look it up and I'll have to do it uh, do it later. Who were those two picks? <laughs> uh, was I, Mel Kuiper right, or was Bill Polian right?
1: He criticized him for not taking one of Heath Schuler or Trent Dilfer. So okay, so I th- I think Kuiper was wrong there. I think Polian was good. That he missed those two QBs because yeah. they didn't turn on... turn,
0: it. But I don't know who he actually picked. We'll have to look that up before okay. the end of the show here. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: All right, so here are the rules of this mock draft. We're only making 12 picks since we don't have a lot of time. So we'll give Manny a chance to make the Eagles pick at number 12 since he's a Phillies fan. So are you guys ready to go to Cleveland?
0: Let's go. Yes, let's That's do a it. Great town Cleveland is too.
2: Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. So Matt, you'll pick the odd numbered teams and that means you get first overall pick as the Jacksonville Jaguars.
0: All right. I'm on the clock.
2: (laughs) You're on the the clock.
1: Don't you aren't you like rushing to the podium with this pick?
0: Uh, You know, probably um, the way the NFL works, you've got five minutes and they're going to use every single second of it, I'm sure, just, you know, to set the stage. And it looks like it's going to be an awesome stage that they're setting up in in Cleveland for the draft. The way that they have it set up, it looks like they'll be able to get some people in there and and be able to do all that. So uh, that's going to be exciting. And the the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to step up to the podium, whoever is up there. I want to thank the good people of Cleveland, the Browns organization, <laughs> for a safe and wonderful event, and to congratulate the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Super Bowl champions oh of last my year. God, and not far any. The Jacksonville Jaguars are thrilled to announce with the first overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, quarterback from Clemson. Isn't this like the no-brainer?
1: Like, yeah, that's just... everybody's got him. They say he's the next Josh Allen or whoever.
0: Uh, I've always find it funny when there's a number one guy, and, and he's a number one guy, the articles that start coming out a little bit afterwards of like I don't know maybe this guy could be the number one guy and then like two months before the draft it all just stops when everyone does the mock drafts and I've not seen any blowhard in their basement that's doing a mock draft that wants to be considered serious not have Trevor Lawrence number one
1: I thought this was interesting I saw the Jaguars fans got together and bought him a toaster for his wedding. <laughs>
0: <I saw that. laughs> some sort of
1: bougie toaster for it. his wedding. And they made a donation to his charity or something yeah. like that, didn't they? And and, and uh $20,000 or something like that. It's <laughs> pretty good. That's um uh, actually Trevor Lawrence donated 20,000.
0: Oh, is that what it was? To,
1: okay. To two charities in Jacksonville. Okay. And he posted on social media something, we look forward to hanging out with you or it's, something like that. Like, it's
0: pretty set in stone, I would say It's think. a
1: done deal.
2: <laughs> and uh, pick number two belongs to the New York Jets. So, Manny, you make the pick.
1: Another no-brainer. The New York Jets are proud to select from BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. Um I guess he had a great pro day, and Mm -hmm. everybody is picking him number two. The Jets obviously traded away Sam Darnold. They need a quarterback. Some people have said that Wilson is the best pure thrower in Mm -hmm. the draft. Mm -hmm. So it seems like another no-brainer at number two. And the Jets are getting a good one there for sure.
2: And pick number three is Mats, and it's the San Francisco 49ers via the Miami Dolphins. Which QB do you want?
0: Oh, Commissioner, I can't just jump to the assumption that I'm going to be taking a quarterback here. <laughs> i got a lot to think about. You traded from 12 to 3 <laughs> for what? <laughs> what do we got in the safety category? What do we... <laughs> Who's available? Are you picking a punter? <laughs> <laughs> Who's available at fullback this year? Right. Grab a fullback. With the third overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the San Francisco 49ers are pleased to select Mac Jones, quarterback from Alabama.
1: So the latest talk is it's either Jones or Justin Fields. Yes. And Trey Lance is the other quarterback that some people have put in there. Mm -hmm. Why Mac Jones?
0: I I think he's, he's ready. He's probably the most NFL ready. At this point, he obviously plays from that Alabama scheme. He's got great weapons around him uh, that make him uh, him look skilled. But overall, I think between the quarterbacks that are left, I I think he's the one that that Kyle Shanahan likes being a pocket type of quarterback. And uh, and I think that's a relatively easy pick as well at three.
1: So. I agree. I think it's Mac Jones, too, just because a lot of people are say, suggesting that he will go there. The insider is suggesting. Mm-hmm. But the one thing stands out for me is that Shanahan's runs a uh, running offense. It's mm-hmm. basically running. He needs a smart thrower who could read defenses and somebody who's accurate. Right. And Mac Jones was both highly intelligent, so they say, mm-hmm. and is very accurate thrower. Mm-hmm. So it seems like he fits Kyle Shanahan's system. Doesn't need to be flashy. Nope. Just needs to make the right calls. RPOs, what have you, make the right play. Exactly. Change at the line of scrimmage. If he notices something, uses smarts. And then put the ball where it needs to yep. be and not give it up on an interception.
2: So number four is where the draft starts to get interesting. So now on the clock, the Atlanta Falcons. Manny, who you got? So I really struggled with this, guys.
1: Mm. So everybody... And it's right. You're right, Rashad. This is where the draft really gets interesting because I think the Falcons want to trade. Okay. Uh, I think they want to trade back, but I think their price is too high. So if you look at what the Niners paid, the Niners basically paid three first-rounders to move up to number three. So that's the price. So Atlanta's looking for something similar, Mm -hmm. right, in the same ballpark. But if I'm a team like New England or Minnesota... Or even Chicago for that matter, looking to trade up. I know that Cincinnati's not taking a QB at five. Yeah. I know Cincinnati or Miami's not taking a QB at six. Mm-hmm. So I might as well look to Detroit to maybe make a deal and not Atlanta um, because the price will be a little bit cheaper. Agreed. So now Atlanta mm-hmm. goes, do we take a fourth straight quarterback here? But we have Matt Ryan, mm-hmm. new coach Arthur Smith. I think likes a veteran quarterback who still's got two good years with him. He's thirty four, I think. Mm-hmm. He's still got plenty of game left. Um, I think uh, you look at what's available. Then you've got Jamar Chase. Uh, well, Julio highly,
0: Jones is, uh, you know, reportedly on the way uh, a out. Trade right? target.
1: And then you got Kyle Pitts, a mm-hmm. tight end. And we've seen how much tight ends have become so huge in the league. You Absolutely. look at Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren Waller with mm-hmm. the Las Vegas Raiders. And they're saying that Kyle Pitts is a generational talent. Yes. Like you can you can line him at a tight end. You can line him up in the slot. He's the best pure catcher of a football out there. So my pick at number four for the Atlanta Falcons is not a trade, not a quarterback. It's
0: Kyle Pitts at number four.
2: All right, and then now at number five, the Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock, Matt. That's your pick.
0: Oh, thanks very much, Commissioner. Yes, as far as, this, again, the Strait of Ohio has done a wonderful job with the draft and keeping everybody safe, and we appreciate all uh, of oh, um, the support that gosh. we've gotten from our fan base and uh, and everything that the Cincinnati Band- Bengals stand for after all these years. Um, so, yeah, that was going to be the swing for me. So to see where you went with four is going to play out the rest of the way. You mentioned Javar Chase as a possibility for wide receiver maybe you want to give Joe Burrow a little more weapons I'm going the other way with this one with the fifth pick in the 2021 NFL draft the Cincinnati Bengals are proud to present or proud to select Penny Sewell offensive lineman from Oregon so right now
1: if you look at all the mock drafts It's either Sewell or Chase. Yes. Jamar Chase played with Joe Burrow, the Mm -hmm. Cincinnati Bengals QB at LSU. makes it very attractive. Right? And Joe Burrow, Mm -hmm. giving Joe Burrow weapons sounds like a great idea. For sure. But you also need to protect your prize possession. So if I'm the Bengals, you can't go wrong with either Chase or Sewell, in my opinion. Sewell, many people have as their best tackle in the draft. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I had Sewell going there too, by the way, so I'm glad you went there.
2: Now at number six, the Miami Dolphins by a trade with the Philadelphia Eagles. Manny, who's your pick?
1: So Miami was at three, went to 12 with the trade with San Fran, then moved up to six in the trade with um, Philly. So... I think this is a no-brainer. I think they picked Jamar Chase from LSU, wide receiver, at number six. He's the best wide receiver in the draft, Mm -hmm. bar none. And now you give more weapons to Tua. They picked up Will Fuller in the offseason. They have Devontae Parker. Now you have Jamar Chase. And now you really find out what you have in Tua. For sure. I think it's safe to say that he underwhelmed in his rookie Mm -hmm. year last year. But this is a 10-win team, and now you've given your quarterback a whole bunch of weapons to improve. Their line is decent. So if I'm the Bengals and
2: Jamar Chase falls to me at number six, I make that pick. That's a great pick. The Detroit Lions are now on the clock at number seven, and that belongs to Matt, a Lions fan. So Matt, who's your selection? (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right, at number seven. In the 2021 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions are proud to select... Oh, wait a second. We have a trade. Oh, no. We have a trade. Our first trade of the 2021 NFL Draft. Oh, no. Who Who do you think made the move? Who made a move? Well, I think it's New England. The Detroit Lions have traded the seventh overall pick to New England. For their first pick, their second pick, and their second pick next year.
1: Okay, a first rounder. So they switch first rounders this year and two seconds. Yes. With that pick, ah, that's cheap. If I'm Detroit, I'm mad. They're gonna get 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 it wrong. First rounder.
0: They're gonna get it wrong. I need another
1: first rounder. If I'm a Lions
0: fan, I'm surprised the Lions don't take three sevens. (laughs) Who's your pick? The New England Patriots are thrilled to move up in the draft and select, at quarterback, from Ohio State University, Justin Fields. It's a great pick. Uh,
1: Fields has been tied to the Patriots nonstop for the last two weeks. Like anything you read, Mm -hmm. it's New England loves Mm -hmm. Justin Fields. Yes. Right? So... I just don't know, like I know Detroit wants to trade back to get more picks, but if I'm Detroit and Brad Holmes, the new GM, mm-hmm. I want another first rounder. Make Belichick pick give you another first for next year. But uh, I think that's great. You only have Cam Newton for one more year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fields sits behind Newton for this year. Good guy to and learn you from. Have your, you have your quarterback of the future.
0: And I think the Lions fall into uh, a very interesting spot, more so not for their pick but what's coming up carolina could go quarterback at eight denver very well could go quarterback at nine i was even beating around the idea of denver going nine to seven just to make sure if they're you know detroit's fielding calls and and going back and forth but if you're the new england patriots when you look at those picks will all three quarterbacks get out of seven eight and nine there's probably one of them but i don't think detroit is is overly in their history at least again new general manager but sol is i think they're going to take a good deal to go back i would i think they're going to take something lighter like that
1: okay I, I just think the price needs to be a whole lot higher so do i i a hundred percent a whole lot higher um <clears throat> Because otherwise, if I'm Detroit, I'm picking a wide receiver because their wide receiver room is terrible.
0: Yes, and it's deep. Uh, the first round is deep with wide receivers, for so sure. So they
1: let go of Galladay. Um, Marvin Jones Jr. has yeah. gone too. Yeah. Right? So Okay, so we got a trade commissioner. New England takes Justin Fields at number seven.
2: Very good. And then pick number eight belongs to the Carolina Panthers. And Manny, that's your pick. Who you got?
1: So you mentioned about the quarterback possibly going to number eight. I think that's just a smokescreen. Mm -hmm. They made the trade with the Jets to get Sam Darnold. They still have Teddy Bridgewater as the backup there, too. I think Carolina's biggest need is on the O-line, and they take what some people have said is the best tackle in the draft, and that is Rashawn Slater, who will go here to Carolina at number eight, the tackle for Northwestern.
2: Your uh, explanations and your uh, drafting is much quicker than Matt's. The commissioner enjoys that. <laughs> Thanks, commish. <laughs> and now on the clock, the Denver Broncos at number nine. Matt. Thank
0: you very much, Mr. Commissioner. Might I add, Denver is a lovely city and we appreciate all of the support that we've gotten over the years. As we all still wish our general manager was our quarterback. <laughs> Might might be the best one in the room. So, again, we've beaten this up a few times. Denver is not very good in a lot of places. So, are they going to go quarterback? Are they going to go with uh, uh, more of a defensive selection? Are they going to try to add a wide receiver? There's a few different ways that they could go with their pick. Ultimately, I think, if anything, Denver might answer the phone if someone called, if they're not dead set on Trey Lance as their quarterback. And I don't think they are. Ooh! The Denver Broncos at number nine are going to select linebacker from Penn State, Mika Parsons. See, and that's funny because
1: I had Parsons if Lance wasn't there. Mm. So if you looked at Denver's defense, it's funny. In the offseason, they added a, they re-signed their safety Simmons. Uh, they added a corner. They added another edge rusher and a D lineman. Mm-hmm. They did not touch their linebackers. No, they did not. <laughs> so, and their two top linebackers are free agents after this coming season. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense for them to take Parsons. I just think that Trey Lance there, still there. Yeah. At number nine is very intriguing for them. And I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled the trigger. Again, Drew Locke, their quarterback now, very underwhelming. Too. For sure. Yeah. So okay, so number nine, Micah Parsons to the Broncos.
2: And now at number 10, the Dallas Cowboys are now on the clock. Manny?
1: Well, I think they really wanted Kyle Pitts. Obviously, he did not fall. Um, I think they're going to look at defense, or at least they should look at defense. I think they're, if uh, Rashawn Slater or Pernay Sewell fell to them, they mm-hmm. might look at that because their O-line's getting old. But this is a team that gave up 34 touchdowns last year, uh, 30 points against. Mm-hmm. Their defense needs help. Patrick Sertain, cornerback, Alabama, is the Dallas Cowgirls pick at number 10.
0: It's funny. I've looked at a bunch of mock drafts to get ready for this, uh, probably 10 or so, and I've seen one, one, that is not Patrick Sertain II. And I always find that interesting in how everybody else has all kinds of moving parts and some people get creative and, oh, we're going to include a trade at four and we're going to do that but it always ends up being Patrick Surtain at 10 for Dallas.
1: Do you remember who the other guy was? The who
0: the other player was I in the one I have no mark? idea. I have yeah. no idea.
2: And pick number 11 belongs to the New York Giants. Matt, who's your pick?
0: Yeah, thanks very much. And since this is my last pick as a as a Giants fan, lifelong fan, an opportunity to select at the 11th pick is very exciting for me. The thing that's even more exciting for me is that the Philadelphia Eagles, who I can't stand, are picking right after me. So I'm thinking maybe I maybe I help my own team. Maybe we, you know, add a weapon. Maybe I just pick somebody to make the Philadelphia Eagles mad. So,
1: I'm not saying anything. Do you remember how the Do you remember how the Eagles screwed the Giants at a first place in the last game of the yes, regular season did. when they when they basically gave up the game to Washington?
0: <laughs> Whatever happened to that? Remember everybody was complaining about your coach and how they threw the game and this isn't good for hey, football. And... We threw
1: the game, got the sixth pick, and got an extra first rounder for next
0: year out of it. I'm good with that. With the 11th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the New York Giants are thrilled to select wide receiver from Alabama, Jalen Waddle. Wow. So that's a good pick. Like,
1: uh, I think they could go wide receiver. So think about it. When the Giants pick in this mock that we're doing, they would have the choice of Jalen Waddell, mm-hmm. They would have the choice of Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, who we haven't picked yet. Dave Gettleman, the GM of the Giants, loves his big linemen, too. For sure. Uh, The linemen are gone, although there's still a pretty good lineman, offensive lineman out there. Um, uh, He's got the funny name, too. Um, uh, That's... The name is uh, Ali Javera Tucker. Okay. okay. They could go him or they could go an edge. Like, I don't know where the Giants are yeah. going to go. Pay. Quiddy Pay. Jalen uh, Phillips, too. mm mm-hmm. um, But they take Waddle. They take Waddle at 11. They, and they need a wide receiver, so that would be a good pick. Yep. Them.
2: All right. And the final pick of our mock draft at number 12 belongs to the Philadelphia Eagles, which is perfect. Because, Manny, this is your team. Who's your pick? So... <clears throat>
1: Uh, if I'm the Eagles, and again, it's a predictive draft, mock draft, so we, we're predicting what they will take. Yes. However, so here are the choices for the Eagles. They have uh, Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, a yep. wide receiver. <clears throat> He's 166 pounds, by the way. Always concerning. <laughs> they have J.C. Horn, who a lot of people think is a great cornerback from yes. South Carolina. And Trey Lance is still on the board. Oh, don't
0: do it. (laughs) Don't do it, Manny.
1: So the Eagles should have learned their lesson. They basically broke Carson Wentz because they they drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round last year. So they're not going to cause another quarterback controversy. However, GM Howie Roseman's phone is going to be ringing off the hook here. For sure. For somebody who wants Trey Lance. Yep. So could be Minnesota. Could be Pittsburgh. Could be Chicago. Yes. Right? So I think the Eagles are in a very good position. My only concern as an Eagles fan is don't fall too far back. Minnesota's at 14. Um, If you look at... uh, Washington's at 19. You're probably not going to trade within your yeah. division. Chicago's at 20. <clears throat> Pittsburgh's at 24. I think you're falling too far back in the draft to get something. Maybe Minnesota. If you can get to Minnesota at 14 to, 14. to give you another second rounder, yep. then you could still get a Horn or a Devontae Smith. Yeah. Because Chargers at 13, I don't think are going to take that. No. So... If Minnesota offers you a good package, if I'm the Eagles, you make that trade. Otherwise, I'm drafting the cornerback, J.C. Horn, from South Carolina.
0: How is he at rock, paper, scissors, though?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there we go. (laughs) I was going to bring this up. Um, Let's play the clip of your head coach. (laughs) <laughs> Nick, Nick Sirianni.
1: Sir- yeah, Nick Sirianni. Man, this guy must have had 17 Red Bulls during this news conference. <laughs> he was wired, but play the clip, Rashad.
2: I'll tell you, I think some of you guys are wondering, like, what game? We didn't go earth-shattering on these games, right? I played a couple of them at Rock, Paper, Scissors, right? <laughs> that was as easy as that. Rock, Paper, Scissors. Let's see how competitive you are. I'm competitive. I'm going to be talking trash to him. Did you talk trash back to me? Right? Right. <laughs> So is that just weird? No. I don't think so <laughs> at all.
0: I think it's great. I, I love it. I think it was, I think it's great. I think that uh, you you have to find creative ways to get to know these people in such a short period of time. And you know you can do all the tests, you can ask them what kind of teammate they are. You know, you can go through all of that that basic stuff. but this the idea behind this was to find gage's competitiveness i don't think you can necessarily judge a human being on his results from rock paper scissors but you can tell how they perform and what they think of playing the game if they think it's dumb if they get right into it i think that's how you learn a lot about people
1: so so i don't mind the question right like uh it's better than you know there have been some stories out there about coaches asking if you were a fruit what would you be and why like come on mm-hmm. give me a break mm-hmm. at least this is you're testing someone's competitiveness by playing a game so right. i don't mind that um the one thing that i'm i still struggle with with nick sirianni is he seems like a college football coach like he seemed he's like very high energy yeah, all he's the a raw rock yeah guy. right you're coaching grown men now in the nfl my question is how does that translate to a men's league mm-hmm. like instead of being a rah-rah guy pump up everybody okay we've okay we've lost three in a row but guys you're good and you know let's rock paper scissors it out and
0: and i think the biggest thing to it is the money like when you you know you're dealing with older people and and older athletes you know mid-30s and 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 upward but those guys that are in the mid-30s if they've had full nfl careers have tens of millions of dollars in the bank And if, you know, quite frankly, if they don't feel like playing today, you jumping in, uh, flying around on chairs and getting everybody fired up and banging on your chest isn't going to do it.
1: It may work. um, But I I have some doubts there. Mm -hmm. I don't mind the game, Rashad. After all, you're on Zoom meeting with these kids, too. You're looking for something else to try to find out about them. Like Matt said, I don't mind the game. I just don't know about him as a coach just yet. But interesting in our mock draft that Trey Lance and Devontae Smith both get past number 12 oh, in our 12. mock.
0: Yep.
2: All right, and now it's time for our play of the week. Can you believe
0: what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I got to be honest.
1: And it's brought to you by London Awnings. If you need an awning for your home or your patio, visit Dennis and Christina at London Awnings Quality
0: That Shows. We put up four options on our social media. We did that uh, Twitter poll on podcast FFC. So uh, when you do find that, uh, we'll post the plays. We'll post the poll. And, and please share, vote, and uh, and let us know what you think the play of the week was.
2: And this week, you picked a beautiful catch in the world of baseball.
0: Roddy Telez offers it the first pitch and skies it into shallow center. Kiermaier can't find it. And a diving catch behind him by a Rosa Rosarena, the left fielder. Like 20 feet behind where Kiermaier was as he bails out his center fielder and makes a remarkable
1: play. Now, did you think that ball was going to drop?
0: I didn't even see Randy Rosarena, and I was expecting after I knew that it was going to be a great catch that he came in between the two of them and kind of dove in between. But he was behind the center fielder. The center fielder had no idea what, where that ball was. <laughs> I was like, don't, don't worry, I got you. <laughs> makes the catch. Great play. Rashad,
1: that was against your Blue Jays. Were you crying a little or what?
2: <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, they're going to draw." Oh, yeah.
0: We got it out, Jeez.
2: So make sure you take
0: a look at the plays and the poll again on social media accounts. We post the candidates for the top play of the week uh, every Monday at podcast FFC on Twitter and on Instagram as well. Are you ready?
2: And it's time for Rapid Fire, boys. Let's start with baseball. Madison Baumgartner threw a no-hitter in a seven-inning game last week. But it doesn't count in the record books as a no-hitter because it's not a nine-inning game. Should it count?
0: Yeah, there is a definition of the rule that uh, it has to be nine innings. Now, Major League Baseball has changed the way the game is played. It's not Madison Bumgarner's fault that the game is only seven innings because we have to play a Titan schedule and and everything else in the doubleheader and and all of that stuff. So yeah, it should count. I, I don't think it's fair to say that you know, he started the game, he finished the game, and the entire game nobody got a hit off of him. That that doesn't count as a no-hitter, uh, whether it's seven innings or nine innings. I Now, you can run into a slippery slope there. Would I count it if the game got canceled in the sixth inning due to rain? Absolutely not. But this was start to finish. There was no other innings to be played. He did not allow any hits. I think it's pretty cut and dry.
1: Yeah, so... I had to look this up. The record, uh, the Major League Baseball redid the league rules in 1991, so 30 years ago. Um, they had to erase some no-hitters, actually, in fact, from previous when they made this rule in 1991 that it has to be uh, nine innings. So uh, the rule also states if you have a no-hitter going into the 10th and you're still pitching and you give it up in the 10th, it's a you lose the no yeah, hitter, yeah. As all, so the one thing that bothers me about this is it's a rule, okay? So we have to stick by the rule. I'm a stickler for rules and that sort of thing. However, the league should have been smart enough to change the rule to accommodate these seven mm-hmm. inning games, mm-hmm. because every other stat in that seven inning game counts. For sure, the hits, the walks. Uh, The fact that he got a complete game. Mm -hmm. uh, The fact that there was an error in that game. The fact that Arizona got a win from the game. Every other stat from that game counts. So therefore, ergo, the no-hitter should
0: count. And and the frustration for me again, and I hate that every week it comes up with me complaining about Major League Baseball, is baseball still acknowledges Barry Bonds as the all-time home run leader. Nobody's... Made any sort of adjustment to that, or or wanted to make a change to that? We still have records that Ty Cobb holds uh, when you know they were they were playing on on dirt fields with no grass on the infield, and the pitching mound wasn't elevated and things like that. And they hold those things to such a high standard. The fact that they even changed that rule in '91 to be defined doesn't make any sense because you're taking history away, like you said. And that something like this comes up and how quickly they were like, eh, no, boys, that doesn't count. No, that was only a seven inning game. It's to me, it's just like, could, could baseball be any less fun right now? Yeah. In spite of how fun baseball is right now there. It's it's maddening every single week.
2: And Dodgers pitcher, Trevor Bauer said a couple of things about Fernando Tatis after the weekend series. One, he thought Tatis peaked at the signs to hit a second home run. And two, Bauer said you didn't mind Tatis celebrating after the home run. What do you guys think of the comments?
1: Speaking of baseball being fun. Yeah. um, Listen, I thought thought it was great. Tatis put one hand over his eye after the first home run. Yeah. Sort of mocking Trevor Bauer after uh, he would close one eye when he was pitching in spring training. Uh So I thought that was great. He did the Conor McGregor walk after crossing home plate. Yep thought that was great and i thought that bowers said it right like hey he hit a home run he should celebrate just as i should celebrate if i strike somebody out or or what have you that makes baseball fun in my opinion now uh tatis peeking at the signs he he did kind of look down um but i I think that's much ado about nothing.
0: Yeah, and, and of all people, Trevor Bauer better say that it's okay that he celebrates because Trevor Bauer is one of the most exce- uh, you know eccentric players that there are in Major League Baseball today. So of course he shouldn't have a problem with it. He shouldn't uh, have any hesitation to celebrate when he strikes somebody out with the bases loaded in the sixth inning and you know it's uh, the game is on the line. You should be able to celebrate that too. The peeking at, at the count, Who cares? Like you know <laughs> if. If he's looking down and he sees the catcher put down a two, then you know again the sensitivity of of the Houston Astros. You you see a two a two should and could mean absolutely anything, and the pitch was not a very good pitch. So right. uh, end of the day. If you told him like he was in spring training when he was yelling out that he was throwing a fastball, yeah. you may as well have done the same thing. End of the day, you didn't throw a very good pitch and a very good hitter crushed it.
2: And something near and dear to my heart and uh, kind of makes me sad. The CFL announced a delay to the start of its season. Normally it starts in June. Now mm-hmm. it's going to start in August and the Grey Cup will be played in Hamilton in December. Do you guys think that a season will actually take place? Uh, I think a season
1: will take place. I think this is probably a good idea for the league. Uh, I know they reduced the schedule from 18 to 14 games. Um, Hopefully by August, more people will be vaccinated and they can get some fans into these stadiums. Because basically, that's how the CFL makes money. Yeah. Ticket revenue. They need ticket revenue. My only concern is playing a Grey Cup in Hamilton in December. That's going to be frozen. Yeah.
2: That's going to be
0: nasty. And
1: Hamilton.
0: That's going to be nasty.
1: Coming off the water.
0: Yeah. Plus, it's going to stink. Oh, (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Well, I I think the CFL has to have a season. I, I think they've got their backs against the wall. I don't think they have a choice. I think you have to make this work somehow. Um, you know, I don't care about moving the schedule. Um, you know, I'm I'm one that I don't believe that they're even going to start in August, that it might get pushed a little bit more based on, you know, how how everything's going and the fact that you're going cross provinces and things like that. Um, but I think the CFL somehow, some way has to have a season. It's a good call. What do you think, Rashad?
2: Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. They need to have one because, like Manny said, they need that gate revenue. And if they don't get it, I don't know what's going to happen to the CFL.
0: The only thing that's going to save the CFL if they can't do it is Dwayne Johnson.
1: Yeah, and we haven't heard much about the XFL no. since that initial story came out.
2: And one thing we have heard a little bit about this week: the NHL, as I predicted, a new secondary TV <laughs> deal oh, stop in the it. U.S. Stop. Hold on whoa, a second! Whoa, 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 a second. whoa. I, I, I didn't hear the question because I heard too much
1: too much patting on the back there. <laughs> Were you patting yourself on the back there? Rashad? shot a little bit too hard? <laughs>
2: Just saying. (laughs) What do you got? Well, I knew uh, NBC was going to uh, opt out of the NHL because uh, they're going to be closing down uh, NBC Sports Network at the end of the year. So (laughs) on Tuesday, the NHL signed a seven-year deal with Turner Sports. So games will now be played on ESPN, as was previously announced, but also now TBS and TNT. And do you guys think this is a good move? Yeah,
1: Ernie Johnson's now going to host a studio show about the NHL in, yeah. in addition to the NBA uh, on TNT. No, I uh, I think Turner Sports is trying to make a bigger play for sports. They've got basketball. They've mm-hmm. got baseball. Mm-hmm. Now they've added hockey. So they're trying to make a bigger play to get into the sports scene. I really thought it was going to be Fox Sports, but uh, uh, I think this is a good move for the NHL because It's a lot of money.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's I think it's the right call to spread it out on different networks. You get different types of people that watch different networks. It'll give you an introduction to to hockey to some people that that wouldn't just because, you know, frankly they they left their TV on. And uh, Rashad, I know you mentioned last week when you went out for lunch with Jeff Shell, the CEO of NBC, that that's what their their plan was. So, good on you for for getting uh, in on that uh, before everybody else.
2: Yeah, that's right. I call him J-Dog.
0: Okay, J (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. J-Dog. J-Dog.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Excuse us. Woo! (laughs) And our good friend Andrew Shaw has announced his retirement from the NHL this week, leaving the game he loves after suffering a series of concussions. Uh, We saw him play for the Owen Sound Attack. Guys, uh, what comes to mind when you think of Andrew Shaw?
1: Just a great teammate, like, uh, and a champion. Uh, he won at the OHL level, won the Owen Sound Attack a championship, helped them win a championship in 2011. Uh, sh- won the Chicago Blackhawks, helped Chicago win a Cup, Stanley Cup in 2013 and 2015. And. Everybody loves him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still talk to members of that 2011 attack team. They love Shazi. Um, Just hearing the outpouring of support from the Blackhawks this week after the announcement, they love Shazi. He's He's kind of the glue guy. And he did everything for them. If yep. you needed a fight, you needed a hit, you needed a goal. Shazi would somehow find a way to get it done for you, and he's played in two of the best cities in the entire NHL: Chicago and Montreal. Um, and I reached out to him; he said he would come on the podcast at a future
0: date. So Beauty. looking forward to that. That's great. Uh, the The video that he, they put together oh, over the time was outstanding. That was great. that was really really well done. And uh, and I I agree. I think he's one of the few cases where the game he played in the in junior translated so well to the NHL. Where he was just willing to do everything, right? He, you know, he's like he said, he scored goals. He got into fights. He got in the corners. He got in the goalie's face. He agitated and protected Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, all of those guys. Like he was playing on that top line for a while. Yeah, he could play and then with those play guys. on the third line, yeah. and and he, you know, was was such an easy guy to move around in the lineup. Uh, it seems like a guy that would have just played wherever the coach told him to play and and no problems with him at all. And I I think he's I think he's a great player. I loved watching him in junior, a guy that I've always cheered for, was hoping to meet him a few years ago in Chicago, but the Red Wings (laughs) collapsed in their series against the Blackhawks. But look forward to having him on the show.
1: Great son. When we did go to Chicago, uh, we Kane, we Shaw, we Crawford. And you could say the same thing about How that weekend turned out for the boys as well (laughs) in Chicago.
2: (laughs) Well, that speaks to us to professionalism, right? Adhering to curfews and not coming out with us three idiots and getting into trouble so
1: yeah, but he did give us uh he did set us up, gave us a couple of recommendations when we were in Chicago, yeah, even though we had to play hockey games, playoff games right. for
0: that matter no it was we we went to some great place well, not all of us went to some great places, but
2: <laughs> <laughs> we, we, went we won't to some get great into places, places. Yeah, yeah we won't get into them. <laughs> I think we should get into that. (laughs) Maybe another. And then save that for the next podcast. (laughs) How's that hotel lobby? (laughs) Was that bench comfortable for you? (laughs) (laughs) All right. right. Uh, The Maple Leafs are in first place in the North Division. (laughs) Will they stay in first place in the North Division?
0: Yeah, I, I think the only team that I was really uh, thought was going to be a threat would have been Nicholas Ehlers, uh, was a, would, was Winnipeg, rather, and losing Nicholas Ehlers is a huge hit to them. So uh, I I used to think Winnipeg would have been the one team in that division that would give them a run in a seven-game playoff series. I'm not entirely convinced anymore, uh, but I don't think anybody's going to touch them in that division.
1: Yeah, I, I think the fact that the Maple Leafs, Uh, beat the Jets last week, Mm -hmm. sort of solidified them in first, and I don't think the Oilers have enough to catch Toronto either.
2: And what about your Habs in fourth place? The Flames are right behind them, so who do you think gets the final playoff spot in the North, Manny?
1: Montreal's win over Calgary on Monday was huge. Mm -hmm. Huge. Although I don't think it's going to be easy. Montreal has to play nine games in 14 days.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean Calgary's
1: got a game in hand. They play your Canucks like four
0: times. That's where I was going with uh, with line. Now, I don't think Calgary is going to overlap Montreal at this point. When we're recording it, they're six points up with a game in hand. Montreal is yes, but Calgary's got four games left against Vancouver and one against Ottawa. Montreal's got four games left against Toronto and one against Edmonton. So it's that's, not going to be easy. That's right? not an easy stretch, yeah. especially when you get to the time that you have to actually play these games. Yeah. Nine games in 14 days. So
1: John, your Canucks need to help the Montreal Canadians.
2: Well, all right. They, uh, <laughs> I'll talk
0: to, to T dog.
2: <laughs> they took the fall against Ottawa to help. I don't know who the other night, but uh, we'll call see up, what we can do for you. Call up. <laughs> And yep. tell him, let's go. Greener. <laughs> and uh, did you guys see the spectator for the Toronto FC at their practice field in Florida this week? Uh, it was an alligator.
1: I guys, saw that.
2: Uh, <laughs> wild. <laughs> um, have you guys had any run ins with animals?
1: Nothing like that. No. Like, I would be running out of the stadium. <sighs> I would not be practicing at all.
0: No way. I, I'd probably quit soccer. I would. <laughs> Would be the last, my last day as a professional. My my farewell throw, video. Throw the the, the gator, <laughs> <laughs> like Chubs, just coming after me. No uh, way, no uh, way, no how. I don't oh, do God. reptiles, man. I ain't, I ain't going anywhere near that. <laughs> Rashad, have
2: you been near a gator? <laughs> Not a gator, but I do have a black bear story from when I was a little kid.
0: Black bear,
2: <laughs> yeah. So, my parents used to have this house. Um, it was in the you're, middle of nowhere. BC,
0: right? Are you, This yeah. is a BC story? Okay. Yeah,
2: that's right. So, um, they lived in this little town, which I'm thinking is a little bit more like a hippie commune in the 70s, in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. So, we had this house that was very rickety, plastic on the windows and everything. So, um, they kept this property when we moved into Prince George, where I grew up. And we used to go out there from time to time on a we- like for a weekend, kind of like camping or whatever. So, I wake up as a little kid, and I see what I think, is my dog uh leaning pressed up with his paws against the plastic so i'm smacking what i think is the dog on the nose telling him to get off the plastic and my parents are like wait a minute the dog's in here so it was a bear cub i was face to face with a bear cub just threw
0: a sheet of plastic
1: yeah oh john rashad staring down a bear
0: you should hear him tell this story at the bar, ladies. Yeah, it's not a
1: bear cub at the bar. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I was
0: smacking him across the face. Oh, I picked him up and spun him around like a top. <laughs> I wore so, him like a hula hoop and sent him through the door.
2: My musket jammed and that grizzly bear was <laughs> I said, Hula lolly. <laughs> Here he comes.
1: That bear ran faster than Matt Dumichel and Manny Pave on a soccer field with an alligator.
2: <laughs> and so that's our show for today. So remember to email us with your answers, feedback, suggestions, <laughs> <laughs> show ideas, hot takes. I swear that's a true story.
0: <laughs> sure, it's a great story. It's a great story. <laughs>
2: oh
1: man,
0: that's how so, you got your purple heart. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> for future considerations at gmail.com if you'd like to get a hold of us uh, send so- us your bear
0: answers send us all your great bear stories Yeah, so tell us the any run-ins with an animal that you've had and then expand on Rashad's story <laughs> to what he should tell people when he tells that story again for future considerations <laughs> at gmail.com podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram Facebook as well for future considerations we want to thank our sponsors on the show uh, London Awning Quality that shows And we want to thank Shane Topolovic And Next Level Athletics in Windsor Specializing in sport training This guy wrestles bears for fun (laughs) This guy owns a bear Just so he can wrestle him
1: He's training him for the next run-in yeah. with John shot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's kinda like the evil villain that's creating like the robots that are gonna take over the he's got six thousand bears he's reproduced to just let go on John Rashad.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh... So uh, that's all for this show, but we are not done for the week, Matt. No,
0: no, no, we are not, boys. Oh, it's coming. Derby Day is coming up on Saturday, the Kentucky Derby, the first Saturday in May. We're going to be joined by Andrew Halterman of RacingDudes.com to talk about the Kentucky Derby, get some picks from him, and just find out what exactly happens in the greatest two minutes of sports.
1: Looking forward to that. That's coming up on the OT later this week, so stay tuned for that episode for now. Thank you for listening to us here on For Future Considerations. A bear! That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful, their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations
2: in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage! And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.